What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Route Runners Podcast. I'm Shrieker. I'm Jared. And I'm James. We have a special guest. We have my best friend, Aditya, from down at UVA. Aditya, you want to give a little bit about yourself? Hello, guys. Um, my name's Aditya. Um, I'm childhood's best friends with Shrieker. Um, we've been grown-up football fans together. He switched his team a lot, but um, I'm, I've been a Redskins fan from day one. Well, a football team fan now. It's kind of sad, but yep. So that's me. I have a lot of hot take. Happy to be on here. Hey, we're, we're happy to have you on the podcast as well. So let's kick off this podcast with the Buccaneers and Eagles Thursday night football game. Uh. Yeah, so, I mean, this is pretty much just proving my point that I think that Tampa Bay is the best team in football right now. Um, I just think that they have the best weapons on offense, as I say, every week with Brady, Godwin, and Evans. And this is a game where Mike Evans was really not targeted, like, at all. They just have a different guy step up every week, and it's so random, and it's just crazy to see. Uh, nothing really from Tampa Bay that I really, like, learned. I really liked how they utilized O.J. Howard more because I feel like that even with Gronk healthy – they had their full potential at this point in their careers. OJ Howard may still be the best tight end on that Buccaneers team. I know that that may be a little bit of a hot take, but I have always liked OJ Howard coming out of Alabama, and I would like to see him kind of get traded for a team to utilize him to his full potential, and I feel like that's kind of what they were doing, utilizing him a lot in this game, which I thought was really cool. Uh, as for Philly, I I didn't really think that they did anything too wrong. I still feel like that they need to be using Miles Sanders a lot more, who I think is – an, over, uh, an underrated running back in this league. And I, I don't know. I like what I see from Jalen Hurts. I think he's a top – he's easily a top five running quarterback in the league. So I think that the Eagles are on a little bit of a better track than people think, but the Bucks are just the best team of football. Yeah, so the big takeaway for me this game is that even with the Bucks' forward pass defense, that uh, they can still make plays because the Jalen Hurts-Devontae Smith connection that Shreker was talking about last week didn't really pan out as he would have thought. And Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 26 times, which is concerning. But it's I think it was just Tom Brady taking up a lot of time on offense. And he only threw for 115 yards, which, again, isn't great. But it's the Bucks, so they're a, they're a really good team. So and he had to step up, and I don't think he really did. They kept it close, but I think he would have need I think he needed to step up a little bit more. And then on for the Bucks side, uh, they really don't do anything wrong. Tom Brady had that one pick. But, like, besides that, they just don't do anything wrong, I don't think. This game, Leonard Fournette really did step up. And, yeah, besides that, like Jared was saying, you never know who's really going to be the top receiver every week. This week it was Antonio Brown. But, yeah, I don't think the, I don't think Tampa Bay on offense does anything wrong. And if their offense keeps scoring, then it, I can, I, it's hard for me to see them lose at least, like, three games. Like, a very good record going into it. And they may even clinch a – well, they're probably going to win the division, but they can probably – I can see them – getting back-to-back Super Bowls. I know it's a hot take already through week six, but this team has looked really good. Again, they allowed 22 points to the Eagles. But, again, if this offense is clicking and their defense gets back into it, this is going to be a really deadly team. Yeah, one thing that I really noticed from the Eagles' side, especially this game, is that I feel like their run game worked a little bit better than they expected. Like, Miles Sanders had nine carries for 56 yards, which is not all that much, but it's better than – kind of what he's had in the past and like around like five five yards of carries not bad against this good Tampa Bay defense Bucks really kind of just kind of cruised into this win yeah like James said earlier I really think Leonard Fournette stepped up in this game and really solidified himself as like the running back one really I mean 
Ro- uh, Ronald Jones had five carries, but only had 20 yards off those five carries. So I think really with Leonard Fournette having a really great game with 81 yards, two touchdowns, and then 46 yards receiving, it really it really solidified him as the start, uh, starting running back going forward. We also can't really forget old man Brady's four carries for one yard. I think that made a really big <laughs> impact on the game. Um, yeah, it's yeah. insane. It's nice how... to see the old man use his legs sometimes, you know? Oh, I understand. So our next game is the Dolphins and Jaguars in London. I know waking up at 930 to watch this game was something else. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't something I expected to do on Sunday morning. But what do you guys think about this game? I mean, Tua finally got his start – Got another start again after coming off the IR. And he looked pretty solid out there, 329 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, with the targets, with the available receiving core that he has, he's been pretty good. And, like, Gesicki and Jalen Waddle had amazing games with Gesicki stepping up with 115 yards and Jalen Waddle having two touchdowns. So what do you guys think about that? I'm not that stoked about the running it looks like they still have a problem there with Malcolm Brown leading them with 24 yards, but Salvin Ahmed being the backup running back, having 22. And then Miles Gaskin, who was supposed to be the starting running back, having nine yards on five carries. So I think that's a little bit uh, a big concern right now for the Dolphins. But let's, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm very confused with the whole Dolphins backfield. Like, Miles Gaskin is clearly the best player. And they're having Salvin Ahmed have more carries than him, which is confusing because I don't, I don't know what they're doing at practice or at camps. But like, I feel like they don't see Miles Gaskin as a great runner. As any, he's more of a receiving back, but he's clearly better than everyone else on that depth chart. And when he got those ten catches last week, I, I feel like Jacoby Brissett fit him more, like he was better suited for him than Tua, because Tua clearly doesn't look for him, and. I don't know. I just, I just think Jacoby Brissett's a better fit. But I think the whole game plan around Miles Gaskin, well, there is none, obviously. But, like, I just don't get it. Obviously, Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed are not as good as Miles Gaskin. Although they perform better, it's just, like, they're really not as good as Miles Gaskin. And it, 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 it's difficult to prove it right now, but he really is. And everyone should know that. So, yeah. I mean, who wants Salvin Ahmed as their RB1? Like, honestly. And going to the Jaguars, obviously Trevor Lawrence got his first career NFL win, which is nice to see. He had a pretty good game throwing over 300 yards, which is I, I like. And But, again, James Robinson, man, 73 for one touchdown. Like, this guy is the X factor of the defense. Not the defense. Wow. The fucking offense. And I feel like Jacksonville is finally now realizing that, even with Marvin Jones having a great game. Jamal Agnew, too, which is kind of weird. But, like, yeah, Jacksonville should run through James Robinson. And I feel like they're – trying to this game I mean, with only 17 carries you wouldn't have thought but yeah this again this team should run through james robinson if they're up in games which is very rare then i feel like they should really utilize him more but yeah they were down this game and uh, to me it's just nice seeing trevor lawrence get his first nfl win yeah uh i mean every week that the jaguars play it just always ruins the um draft choice of taking Travis Etienne, 25 overall. Again, I know that he's hurt, but James Robinson just kills it each and every week. This, it's really nice to see him get involved as uh, a pass catcher and as obviously their main back. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to one of my friends at home who's a Jaguars fan. Uh, his name is Andrew Reedy. Uh, he goes to Indiana University, so we don't like him. But um, 
I want to give a shout out to him. He's a Jags fan. Finally got their first win, and he wanted uh, me to mention that the Jaguars are actually not as far out of first place that uh, you think. Now, obviously, they are one in five, but the Titans, uh, even though with a win against the Bills today, this t- uh, text to me was also sent before the the game against the Bills. The Texans had uh, the the Titans have a very rough schedule with the Chiefs coming up next at. Indianapolis, so two teams in their division play each other, and then at the Rams and then against the Saints. Those are not going to be four very easy games. The Colts play San Francisco, and then obviously they play the Titans, so one of those teams is going to end up losing. And then the Texans play Arizona and then the L.A. Rams. So there are a lot of tough games for the rest of the AFC South. The Jags are going to be on bye, and then they play the Seahawks. So – uh, they're going to play the Seahawks, and then they still have the Texans, the Jets um, uh, later in the season, the Titans again, the Colts twice, and the Patriots, and obviously the Seahawks who are starting Geno Smith and looked pretty awful. But, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, he's also a Jaguars fan. I'm not saying that they're going to get first in the division at all. I really don't think that that's going to happen. But I've always liked the, the direction that the Jags are going in. And um, I think it, I'm, I was really happy for Trevor Lawrence to actually win his first game. Um, other, uh, like, as for the game itself, I mean, it was just finally good to see the Jags actually have some kicker luck. I agree with James entirely on the Dolphins' backfield, and I also am really not a fan of Tua. Um, one of my, like, big things taken away from this game was they need to get LaVishka Chenault more involved in the past game. Agreed. Um, he's – by far, probably one of their most skilled receivers, maybe Marvin Jones, but he's a veteran. Um, so I definitely say they need to get Lavishka Chanel a lot more involved in this past game, and I think he can really help Trevor Lawrence take that next step and be his wide receiver number one moving forward. Yeah, no, in the game I saw, like, there was a lot of times where Trevor had good looks for Lavishka, but Lavishka would just drop the ball. So. It looks like he's trying to target him more and more, but it's just not ending up in LaVisca's hands. So hopefully by next week he starts getting that figured out and he becomes a better, better impact on this offense. Yeah, but the Jaguars definitely have a young, flourishing offense. I definitely oh, think yeah, they no, have totally. kind, of like a, um, kind of like the Bengals were last year where they had a yeah. good running back. I can see that. A couple good receivers just like um, Boyd, Higgins, and – now that they have Jamar Chase, so definitely can see the beginnings of a of a dominant offense in the future. Yeah, the only the only thing that I'll disagree about that comparison is that not that Zach Taylor is anything special, but I think Urban Meyer fucking sucks as a head coach. I I mean yeah, I, I mean I think everyone knows that, but yeah, I, I, that's the only thing that I see different. I actually really like that comparison between the Jags, uh, the Bengals last year, and the Jags now. But I just don't think – I think Urban Meyer is going to be one and done probably. Even with this win, um, I don't think that he's a very good coach. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a college coach in my mind. Yeah. Well, if you have a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence and the amount of upside he has, you definitely need to get a better, more experienced coach than Urban Meyer. Yeah, so our next game is Minnesota Vikings and the Panthers. It didn't start – it started off close and it ended pretty close too with that game going all the way to OT. Jared, you want to start this one off? Yeah, uh, just, you know, your weekly Vikings giving me fucking heart attacks every (laughs) Sunday. It is never easy with this team. I mean, 
there's so much else in this game that honestly the Vikings should have won this game by two by three touchdowns. I mean, with their depleted secondary and with no Christian McCaffrey, there was really no reason that the Vikings should have lost this game, even though that this defense is still pretty good and they still have a lot of good weapons that match up really well with the Vikings corners. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that the Panthers converted two fourth and sevens within the last two minutes of the game when they were back up at the four. It's just terrible defensive play calling, terrible, just everything in the last, the Mike Zimmer does not know how to close out games. And it's, I don't even think that it's really been Kirk Cousins' fault all these years now that I'm really realizing it because Kirk Cousins is clearly balling right now. He is playing really well. I have, this is easily the best year I've seen out of Kirk. And last year he had a really good season. Um, Dalvin Cook in this offense has always looked fantastic. Uh, the Panthers also had a block punt for a touchdown, which that happens literally in 0.1% of games. So the even shows you even clearly less that the, or even clearly more that the Vikings should have destroyed them in this game. So many bad throws from Darnold. He, uh, Darnold went 17 of 41 passing. I mean, that's just really bad. The Vikings defensive front looked really good, even without Michael Pierce. I mean, yeah, this was very encouraging because I think that the offense looked really good, even though I still hate that Mike Zimmer calls uh, run plays on third and seven. I, I never really understand that, whether that's Zimmer or the offensive coordinator. I kind of just think that if the Vikings don't make the playoffs this year, which with the schedule coming up, I don't really know if they will, that I feel like this may be Zim's last year uh, as the head coach of the Vikings. I don't uh, – everyone on Vikings media is calling for Zimmer's head. They want him out, and they say that with this uh, – and I agree. With this offense, this should be a top-five offense in the league, and they are not showing that right now. Again, they put up 34 points uh, against a decent defense, but still – this was a game that the Vikings should have won by three touchdowns and they didn't. Um, but I am still encouraged for the future because I love this. I, I think this offense is really good. I, I think Kirk's having his best year, like I said, and the Panthers were not a terrible team and we went on the road and, and should have won by a lot. Yeah. Uh, this, I, this game was really fun to watch. I mean, obviously this is my game of the week and I think it lived up to the hype. I, I, it exceeded its hype because no one expected it to be this good, especially with that Panthers comeback in the in the uh, the end there. But yeah, this Viking this Vikings offense is Kirk Cousins another stellar performance. It's so rare you see a player a running back rush for over 100 yards and a receiver also uh, 100 yards receiving in one game. But the Vikings made that happen, and it's ridiculous that this offense is very. Like, they're a really good offense. It's just all these games are close because who knows? Like like Jerry was saying, a lot of it is maybe with Zimmer and how he's not good with closing out games. But this team is still very good. Uh, they may come back and win the division. They look really good. The Packers also look really good, but the Vikings are going to give them a run for their money, especially, yeah, like, especially against this Panthers team who was a really good team coming into this game. Sam Darnold didn't have the best game, but yeah, without Christian McCaffrey, this game was still close, which worries me a little bit. It was very, high, it was high scoring, which I liked, but this, yeah, this Panthers team still put up 28 on the Vikings defense, and the Vikings defense isn't bad, but if they had McCaffrey, this things may have been a little different. But I think this Vikings offense is just too good to lose close games like that, even though they have with Greg Joseph, but. Obviously, they shouldn't have. I feel like this Vikings offense comes up clutch when it needs to, especially shown in this game with the K.J. Osborne touchdown, which is very nice to see.
But yeah, this the the Vikings are. I I think they can make it to the playoffs. They look like a really good team, and if they keep things up, passion holes, then yeah, they're gonna be a playoff team for sure. I think it's definitely a playoff roster. It's just the schedule is so tough. We got we still gotta play the Ravens, the Steelers. Uh, actually, well, we actually we already played the bank. We already played the Bengals and Browns and lost to fucking both of them. But then we still got to play Green Bay twice. We still got to play Chicago twice. Those games for the Vikings are some reason never easy. We still got to play the Niners and the Rams too. So it's going to end the Chargers. So it's going to be real tough. But I think – and we got to play Dallas on Sunday night on Halloween with them. Really excited for that game. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. But I definitely think it's a playoff roster. So we'll see. Yeah. The Vikings offense is definitely getting tested through those games because a lot, most of those teams you mentioned have very good defenses. So we're going to see if this the offense is a contending offense. And yeah, these games will show it, especially against defenses like the, the Rams. I'd say the Steelers because they really showed out in the in the Sunday night game. But we'll talk about and Dallas. Like those those teams have very good defenses. So we'll see how this offense stacks up against them. Yeah, I definitely think the star power on this offense can definitely take them pretty far. I just think Kirk Cousins needs to keep up his play, hit his targets. It's nice to see Adam Thielen also get involved again. Yeah, so our next, so our next game is Chargers and Ravens, and I think I just want we just all want to send our condolences to Jason, our <laughs> Chargers friend, and yeah. it was it was Ravens all day long for them that this week because the whole day the Ravens were beating them on defense and offense and. Really, it wasn't really the Lamar Jackson show, but rather the defense was beating down on Justin Herbert and that uh, receipt on the on that rushing game and the receiving core. Yeah, definitely. I was really high on this Chargers offense coming into this game. Personally, I had him had him taking the dub in this one, but that Ravens defense really came through and it shows. Um, Herbert, I definitely think is a, one of top young quarterbacks in the league, and he just needed a little bit more experience, a little bit more help. Yeah, because that run game was horrendous right. from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Horrendous. They I, Their leading rusher was Herbert with two carries for 12 yards, and they just couldn't get anything going all day. And they tried to do it with some fourth down calls and going for it and such, but nothing really worked out, so... Good win for the Ravens, and nothing you can do about it. Move on to next week, Chargers fans. Yeah, yeah, I'd say this is definitely a statement win against a, a nice top ten team like the Chargers. They embarrassed them out there. Uh, looking at the Chargers like stat line, like it, it just doesn't seem real. I feel like we're dreaming here. Austin Eckler with seven yards on six carries, like that just doesn't seem like it's it would ever happen. But yeah, the Chargers are playing behind the whole game, so it makes sense. But like it just these stats just don't seem real. Like Justin Herbert actually looked human, and the Ravens defense made it happen. Like they were all over the whole Chargers offense. And yeah, Lamar didn't even have the best game. He had more picks than touchdowns, only 167 yards. But like he didn't really need to have a good game because they were just dominant the whole time. Uh, I, we saw a lot of backfield action in, in Baltimore with Devontae Freeman, Latavius, even Le'Veon Bell getting his first touchdown as a Raven. So. The RB1 for that backfield is very unclear, to me at least, especially with Latavius Murray being hurt now. We'll see who steps up there. My guess is Devontae Freeman, but I don't know what's happening with Tyson Williams. I I don't know why he's always a scratch. 
but I feel like he would take over the RB1 job if he were to be called back in. But we'll see. We'll see how Latavius Murray is. But that backfield is – it's hard to trust. Them. It, except for Lamar Jackson, who's the only consistent runner. But, yeah, there's not much I can say about this, except the, the Chargers, this is definitely yeah, – this is a game they should just ignore, just work off, just play till next week, just look up till next week. Because everyone knows the Chargers are a good team. It's just the Ravens just look like the better team, obviously, this game. So we'll see how char- the Chargers take this in, and we'll see how – the the negative momentum shift that they had to deal with this game will carry into the next week. But yeah, the Ravens look really good and I uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I just want to add this real quick. The Lamar Jackson had three sacks and two interceptions. And it didn't really look like anyone on that offense really went off other than I guess if you want to say Mark Andrews with sixty eight yards and one touchdown. But really it just seemed like the Ravens knew how to make ends meet and just get keep moving the chains and ending and scoring every time, which I think evidently led them to the win. Yeah, your uh, MVP take of Lamar Jackson ain't looking too bad right now. I mean, I just I just ran the stats. Lamar Jackson's on pace for forty seven hundred seventy seven passing yards, twenty six passing touchdowns. He's also on pace for. 1110 rushing yards and six scores so i mean not bad not bad for a running back as he right. um i think that the ravens with this win currently look like the best team in the afc right now and with the bills loss i really don't think i don't know how long that's going to hold i also don't know if this style of football is um i don't know if the style of football is going to be fit to win a super bowl because We've seen a lot of teams try and do it, and the Ravens, especially over the last couple of years, and fail. So we'll see. But as of right now, through weeks, through six games, I don't think it's that crazy to say that the Ravens are the best team they this week. Uh, as for the Chargers, I mean, every team is a bad week. We talked about it with the the Bucks against the Rams. We talked about it with the Rams when they played the Cardinals. We talked about it when the uh, Packers played the Saints. We talked about it when the Bills played the Steelers, and I can go on and on. But in the end of the day, you're still viewing these teams as top teams. The Chargers one just came this week, and I think that the Chargers are going to be fine. I think that they're still going to be right in the thick of things. Um, they got to buy this week to try and fix things up, and I, I think the Chargers are going to be just fine. Yeah, so our, ne- our next game, Rams-Giants. I think we also want to send our condolences to Josh, our Giants friend as well, because – they were just they, – they really got their asses get, uh, handed to them by the Rams this week. I mean, Matthew Stafford with 251 and four touchdowns. I mean, Darrell, Darrell Henderson also just ran all over the team. Can't, I can't even – I can't forget to mention Cooper Cup too because it seems like that guy will always go off against the Giants. And would you, would you say it's starting to look like uh, the regular Daniel Jones that we all know from previous years? Or is this just a, a bad game for him? I don't know. I mean, the Giants are a very unfortunate franchise. They have so many injuries. Kadarius Tony, who's looking like a real promising young star. Again, it's been it hasn't been a whole a huge uh, sample size, but uh, right. he gets hurt on like the first or second drive, and I mean they're running into a juggernaut in the Rams. So I, I don't really take. Obviously, Daniel Jones did a terrible game, but. There's still going to be some time for Daniel Jones to learn uh, a little more about, you know, teams like this. And, again, the Rams are one of, if not the best teams in the league. Uh, it's really good to see Cooper Cup get more action. 
but this giant seems way too depleted for me to even make any sort of huge take on either the Giants or the Rams. Yeah, in my eyes, the um, Rams are definitely the best team in the NFL right now. Um, Ooh, hot take? That is my hot take. I've had them as previous, even in preseason, I had them being the best team in the NFL. The Matt Stafford finally on a good team with a good offense, a good defense, finally having a good opportunity in his career. I think I think they could go all the way this year. Um, the Rams definitely showed up and showed out this game. Um, there's nothing the Giants could have done about it. Um, it's just a good all-around win. Looking forward to seeing them win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, going back to what Treaker was asking about if this was a good old Daniel Jones or just like a bad game. I think this is a bad game because the Rams' defense is elite. Uh, I think they just pressure got to him, and he he just couldn't find any open receiver, except except Sterling Shepard, and somehow Dante Pettis with eleven targets, who I forgot was playing in the NFL. I thought he was still in the Niners, but this was uh, yeah. The Rams just dominated them the entire game. I think this team is just way too good to uh, not be top five in my opinion. Like after this showing. Like them beating up on a bad team just proves that they should not lose easy games because some teams might, like, you never know, but right, you never know, but yeah, like, I think just the, the Rams defense got the best of Daniel Jones, he threw three picks, which is not obviously the, be- the best for your starting quarterback, but uh, it's tough to judge the Giants based off this game because we all know the Rams are elite. Uh, it's easy to judge the Rams off this because we know that they're the top team. I mean, they just, again, completely dominated. Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, they're back. I don't think they ever left, but just in case some, there are doubts about Robert Woods maybe taking over a lot of the snaps or getting a lot of targets, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think Cooper Cup's going to stay wide receiver one for that team. But, yeah, the, the Rams' defense was just too much for Daniel Jones. And I think this was a nice, a nice game for the Rams' defense to sell back in and just – prove that they're a good top defense because I know they haven't had the, the best stretch of defensive plays and defensive performances. So this is a nice one to get back into it. And I think they're going to have the defense and the offense are going to have strong. They're just going to play really well. And they're just going to have a, a lot of good momentum, a lot of strong momentum going into the next game against the Lions, who I think should be an easy win. So we'll see how both sides of the ball play against. So our next game is the Houston Texans and the Colts. And, I think it's safe to say that other than the Lions, like James said, I think the Texans might be the contender for the number one pick again. But it really looks like Car- uh, Carson Wentz is starting to actually be a good quarterback again. I mean, he's showing some spurts from back when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator. Was he the offensive coordinator or the QB coach? We'll edit this out, but uh, was he for what? For the Eagles? For the Eagles? Yeah. OC, I I'm pretty sure OC. You want me to look it up? Yeah, sure. This water is very warm. I should have replaced it. That's fun. It's been sitting here for the whole weekend. So. Uh, At least you ate uh, the buddy with Sean over here watching Aaron Rodgers highlights next to me. Sean, Sean is, is he going to stay here until we're done so he can send us trade offers? No, he's just vibing on the couch right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, is he Frank, for... Frank Reich was for... Frank Reich was the Chargers offensive coordinator, and then the Eagles offensive coordinator, and then now the Colts. Okay. 
I think Sean's just waiting for that text from Stickman. Why is he watching Aaron Rodgers highlights? He's a fucking Bears fan. <laughs> Does he not? Aaron Rodgers literally said that he owns the Bears, and now he's watching his highlights. No, yeah, I mean, he's the, the new Bears, owner. He's, he's trying to see, like, what the new owner, like, is doing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Recording back in three, two, one. Yes. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as I was saying about Carson Wentz, I mean, it's looking like Frank Reich show or in this system again. He's showing those like spurts from back when Frank Reich was the OC in in Philadelphia. I mean, Carson Wentz has been really confident. He's slinging the ball really well. He's throwing it deep. It looks like that he's starting to build a connection with Ty. It was the first time Ty played this season, and Ty had a pretty good game with 80 yards on four receptions, but. I really think this team, it's it should it shouldn't be a two and four team. I think no one believes this team should be two and four. But due to the circumstances where Quentin Nelson was injured, I know their O line's been pretty injured overall. But I think they're gonna start hitting their groove, and they're gonna be people are gonna have to start watching out for the Colts uh, in the future. I mean, there's not much to say about the Texans. I mean, overall. They're gonna have a little controversy coming next next week because Terod Taylor comes back from the IR and do they play Davis Mills or do they play Terod uh, in the future? But yeah, I mean, other than that, I have nothing else to say about this game. Yeah, so I definitely think. Uh, you can go. You can go. I definitely think um they should keep Davis Mills in. I haven't. I, he hasn't had the best of games recently. I mean, last week he played pretty well, but I definitely think he's shown flashes of, of, of a good quarterback that he could be. Um, personally, I think he's pretty underrated in this rookie class, and it might just be a shitty Texans offense. But I think he could definitely make the right plays and kind of put put the Texans in, in maybe get two to three wins. I definitely think he can. Showed some flashes of a winning winning quarterback. Yeah, so my one take from this game is that I remember a lot of people saying how the charge or the Colts offense was pretty boring with Phillip Rivers at the home and like they moved very slow. I think Carson Wentz brings new life to this offense. I think they're a very fun offense to watch right now, and especially with Jonathan Taylor looking how electric he is right now. It's I think it's gonna be a fun offense to watch. They're definitely a good offense. I think Carson definitely needs more weapons instead of Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman is good. But, uh, yeah, like you're saying, T.Y. Hilton went off, but we all know T.Y. Hilton basically only goes off against the Texans. So I think this might only be his one good game. But we'll see. He just came back. I know he's, I think, hurt again, but I don't think it's anything major. Um, I Six weeks in, I still think the Texans are the worst team in the NFL. I, I'm not even going to do the argument of the Colts have a good defense. Like The Texans are just garbage. And... Yeah, I don't even think Tyrod Taylor can actually bring any life to this team. I I like the Colts a lot, and I think that their offense is definitely going to be one to watch, like I was saying before. So this team, if the Titans, with Derrick Henry just putting up MVP and unhuman-like numbers, then I feel like they could contend with this division. But I – Tough because I mean, this team is definitely turning it around from last year, 
and from years prior. So we'll 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 keep an eye on the Colts. I definitely like the Colts, but yeah, we'll see how they are. Yeah, uh, I mean, as for this game, I mean, I kind of just expected this to happen. The Texans' really bad roster is kind of just catching up to them at this point. They they also gave they also released Whitney Merciless and Bernard McKinney, who are two of their best defensive players, which. I kind of thought it made no sense, but yeah, it's good to see Carson Wentz and the Colts go to win. Like Trieker was saying, the Colts are a much, I think, are a better team than their record. Uh, I wanted to point out something that I thought was really funny. T.Y. Hilton coming back on IR this week was hilarious because, of course, it was against the Texans. And in 19 games against the Texans in his career before this game, uh, T.Y. Hilton has 1,800 receiving yards. Uh, he also has 11 touchdowns, including seven games of over 100 receiving yards and one of them over 200 yards. So I, I just think it's funny how he just absolutely kills the Texans every time he plays. And, of course, this is the week he comes back and actually does good. Um, Jonathan Taylor for his offense and the Colts also insane. I think he's a really, really good running back. Um, and I think that he should even be utilized more. He's not even getting like – I mean, obviously he's getting a majority of the carries, but for the way that the Colts were winning this game, I – feel like he should have had at least 20 like he should have this seemed like a game where he would have like 25 carries and he just only had 14 and obviously he still played really well um but yeah i really like the colts i think that they're um i think that they could be a team that can maybe push for the playoffs late but as for the te- and the texans are just terrible everyone knows that. all right before we get into our next game with dt i just want to make a quick disclaimer we're, we're not big uh heineke fans over here at the podcast I just want to let you know. <laughs> so, uh, heading into our next game, Kansas City, the Chiefs versus Washington football team. Aditya, why don't you start this one off? All right. So, I am sadly a football team fan. I've been my one my whole life. Uh, this game was pretty entertaining for me, at least for the first half. I think our defense came out and made some good plays in the in the first half, but Heineke and our slow offense kind of really took us out the game in the second half as we had zero points. Um, just pretty saddening. <laughs> I coming into the game, I definitely thought it was going to be a statement game for Patrick Mahomes because the Chiefs are always in shootouts, and it's just sad to see that you can't score any points on a shitty defense in the whole second half of the game. Yeah. Well, as a Washington fan, I, I have a question. Did Antonio Gibson do something really bad to Ron Rivera? Cause I don't understand. Why. Yes. Yeah. It actually, I, I mean, yeah, I have him for fantasy if everyone hasn't figured that out already, but don't worry. I have him too. I have okay. him too. I don't understand. I don't understand why J.D. McKissick gets every reception. I don't understand why he's always in on third down. Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver in college, and he apparently isn't as good of a pass catcher as J.D. McKissick, who before three years ago, I didn't even know who that is. So I don't understand why he doesn't get it. And I I, I don't know what he did wrong. I really don't. I know that he's coming into the season. Ron Rivera was like, Antonio Gibson could have a Christian McCaffrey role, and I was yeah, got me hyped, and now it's just I was so hyped about it. I really thought he definitely has the skill set to play that type of role, and I think if Ron Rivera wasn't kind of like so hard headed or kind of like stubborn in his ways, 
I guess we would see that a lot more. Um, I also think we definitely need to pound the rock a lot more with Gibson. Gibson is a big back. He He's like six foot. Let me search his stuff. We'll edit this out. Yeah, you're good. No, I just said that as like a mouse, so like when I record editing. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if we see yeah. like a big pause, then we'll know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Gibson is a big back. He's 6'2", 230. He's a big boy, and he can definitely run the ball well, as we've seen last season and a little bit this season. But I definitely think we need to pound the rock more, especially with the with the um, inexperienced quarterback in Heineke. But another thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that Cam Newton is still a free agent, and – with our quarterback looking the way he is in Heineke, I think we got to look for other options. Well, when and is when is Fitz coming back? Fitz is coming back in one, I think one or two weeks. He's questionable. I think week eight was his projected comeback, but I'd, hopefully he can give a spark to our offense because he definitely is either going to throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns or five interceptions. Yeah, I'd probably just wait for that instead of Cam because I don't think Cam is a whole lot better than Heineke, and that's saying a lot because I really fucking hate Taylor Heineke. <laughs> but um, I I don't know. I think that I like Fitz, and even though that means that they're probably going to pass more, which means that apparently Gibson will be on the field even less, then I, I don't know. But But then hopefully he'll get the goal line carries. I don't know. They yeah. just need to use him more. He's – He's better than McKissick in almost all facets. Yep, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, as for as for Kansas City, or actually no, uh, still on Washington. Like they only scored thirteen against this Chiefs defense, which has been absolutely terrible so far. The Chiefs before this game haven't allowed less than thirty points to anyone, and Washington mm-hmm. couldn't even get half of that. I thought that that was pretty unfortunate. Um, I mean, yeah, this is kind of just a really good second half for Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, that was pretty much it. Getting Kelsey involved, Hill involved. It's clear that not having Clyde Edwards-Hilaire really doesn't matter at all. I mean, this was just – the Chiefs kind of looked like the old Chiefs, at least for the second half, not in the first half. In the first half, they looked pretty bad. Thankfully, they were playing Washington, so it didn't really matter. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, the the Chiefs in the second half looked real good, as I said. And Washington just—they uh, look like one of the, one of the. I'm not going to say one of the worst teams in the NFL, but they're they're definitely on the bottom half, and I don't think that there's a whole lot going up for them. Yeah, I'm still confused on this football team defense. Not gonna lie, like again, they're projected to be really good, and they've just fallen apart. And I don't know like the reason behind that. Okay, this game probably doesn't mean a lot against Chiefs de- or the football team defense because it is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But, like, they were so hyped up from last year, and I don't know, like, what happened to them. I don't know if it's the offense just struggling and then they get bad field positioning. Like, I don't know what. But, like, going to the Chiefs offense, I don't know how to take this one because, again, Patrick Holmes was set to have a really good bounce back game. So it's tough to determine if this Chiefs offense is still one to panic about or if we're, you're, we're, everyone's coming back to them. Uh, it's tough because I think against like a better team, the Chiefs would not come back, and I don't think they would have won the game personally. But 
Uh, it's it's uh, it's hard to judge this team. It really is because Patrick Mahomes again with two picks. Obviously, one of them wasn't his fault because Tyreek dropped it, but that second one was horrendous. A whole bunch of shit just happened there that should not have happened. So this team, this team still worries me, but I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't have much to say about this game except for that it was my lock of the week, and I was very worried about it when it was ten to thirteen for a good portion of the game. But I settled back in after, obviously, Patrick Mahomes with the two passing touchdowns. But, yeah, that's about it. So one thing I would like to bring up. Um, as sh- so Sean Taylor retired his number. Oh, my God. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Thank you yes, for yes, 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 yes. Yep. I blocked on every social media platform possible. <laughs> fucking <laughs> dumbass yep. fucking Jackson Mahomes, bro. I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I, but I, I definitely think he's spending too much time with his brother. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that maybe, maybe like that's why he's he just needs to pull Aaron Rodgers, cut his family off, and that's... go back to being Big Dick Mahomes. Like, yeah, that may be the smartest thing anyone's ever said. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't, I, yeah. I, I love him, but I really wouldn't mind if the Chiefs lost this year just so his family couldn't benefit from it. Yeah, like I, I, I don't get the I whole point. I personally think that like Jackson Mahomes should just be banned from every NFL stadium. I'd like, ban him after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. it was completely disrespectful and should have just been banned from all games. And then maybe Patrick Mahomes would play a little better. Yeah, and I know uh, Jared brought this up like couple, or yesterday how Jackson Mahomes said he was like led there and he was supposed to be there. Obviously, that's false, in my opinion. And A, or B, if you're there, it's not because they want you to honor him, not to dance on his fucking memorial. Like, goddamn. Yeah, the thing was chained off. There was chains around the <laughs> memorial. Like, this guy had to jump the chains with the person who was holding the camera to take a video of him doing a little TikTok dance on a memorial of... How, the fucking, best how fucking brainwashed are you that you can't see that it's a memorial for a guy that would have been one of the best safeties of all time? Like, literally, how do you not see that? I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. All, all I know is that I've never seen him on any social media platform ever again because I blocked him everywhere, and I intend to keep it that way because fucking that so was you're so telling disrespectful. you you followed him at some point in time? No, I never followed him. It's just I, I – um, he was just always there. Like, his accounts are, like, public and stuff. So, like, sometimes they would just show up in my – just, like, because yeah, I, I, I follow Patrick Mahomes, so Jackson Mahomes would pop up sometimes, like, on Instagram. Yeah, so, I'm going to uh, block Patrick Mahomes just so I don't even fucking see <laughs> Yeah, that so – That might be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yes, I want to clarify. I never followed Jackson Mahomes on any social media platform. I never did. I never wanted to. But now he's officially blocked on everything. Solid, solid. Yes. I just yeah. want to close uh, close this uh, recap with talking about Washington real quick. I mean, looking at their schedule, they play the Packers next, and then they play the Broncos next, which, I mean, one team is has literally this – one team has Aaron Rodgers, enough said there. But – I mean, the Broncos could be – it could be a great matchup going either way. It depends on who's at QB there. So, I really think it all depends on how this offense starts to move forward in Washington and whether Ron Rivera starts to make some changes. To yeah, make I definitely think if, if we get Fitzpatrick back, 
and his big arm. I think we can, and his like risk taking mentality, we can definitely light a spark under this offense because we definitely have some star power on here with Gibson, McLaurin, and then if we get Curtis Samuel back, who had a thousand yards last season. So there's definitely pieces on this offense that that just need to get put together and and. You, we definitely need a little spark, and I feel like Fitzpatrick you could get this stat. And so our next game is, speaking of the Packers, it's Packers-Bears. And if you're a Packers fan, I want to just say, hey, this this was another great win against a divisional rival. If you're a Bears fan, like our good old friend Sean Ryan, our last guest, <laughs> I don't even know what to say because it looks like this offense is pretty much capped at where it is it doesn't really have it pretty much has a limit at where it can go and it really no matter how well the bears perform off offensively hit a, a certain peak against any team and they can't really exceed that mark with like i mean justin fields had more throwing attempts than Aaron Rodgers, yet he had less uh passing yards and uh, less touchdowns. But if you look at the receiving, though, Allen Robinson had the most yards, but only 53. So it really just looks like – and it looks like this Matt Nagy's trying to force a rush-heavy offense, and it looks to be working. With They plugged in Khalil Herbert, and he had 97 yards and a touchdown. But looking at Justin Fields and this offense, I don't know if, where to blame. Like, if you play Justin Fields – do you blame Matt Nagy or do you just blame the wide receiver core for not just be, trying to get separation? So uh, one thing I took away from this game is I was very upset with this Bears def- or offense. As I remember one play, Allen Robinson was wide the fuck open for an easy touchdown and Justin Fields decided not to throw it. So that was one thing that pissed me off because I, I, I still don't like that Justin Fields doesn't look Allen Robinson's way. He, he looks – Darnell Mooney's way more, and he seems to be the favorite target. He de- he had more targets than Allen Robinson, more receptions. He seems to be the favorite, which should not happen because Allen Robinson will make you a better quarterback. And obviously Justin Fields and Matt Nagy clearly don't know that uh, for some fucking reason. But Allen Robinson has been known to be a star receiver, and if you throw to him, he will probably catch it, depending on the situation, obviously. But, yeah, again, he'll make you a better quarterback. So, I don't know why Justin Fields doesn't throw to him a lot. This Packers defense is not great. The Bears were down the whole time. Like, they're not the whole time. They scored first. But, like, still, 14 points against the Packers The Packers defense is not – is not, not – it is surprising. It's not very encouraging for a Bears offense that's trying to get the works back up and try to actually be a somewhat decent offense. Because the Bears' defense is kind of just carrying this whole team, and the Bears' offense has nothing to show for it. And the whole Packers' team isn't terrible. I mean, obviously the Aaron Rodgers-Devante connection is very good. Aaron Jones had a nice 76-yard game. But the one thing to take away from this game is Aaron Rodgers saying that he still owns the Bears, in which he does. Although I don't think in a 10-point game you should be saying that you own the team, you still own them, because against the, the Bears' offense. Like, if the Bears' offense was established – the Bears may have upset the, the Packers. Who knows? It doesn't matter, though. But, like, I don't think you should say you own the Bears after a 10-point win. But that's me personally. I mean, again, the Pack- Bears' defense is really good. But Aaron Rodgers putting up 24 against the Bears' defense. I don't know about that one. And only only 195 yards, too. So 
So it's not a very encouraging win to say that you still own them. I don't know why I'm focusing more on that, but like that kind of annoying me. I mean, I don't really blame him, honestly. He's had kind of a rough offseason, and uh, Aaron Rodgers has beaten the Bears 22 times, and he's won 10 out of the last 11 in Chicago. So, like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's annoying, but, I mean, he kind of really does. And he was the one who ran in the touchdown and, like, on a pretty nice play, too. So, like, I get it. I didn't really I didn't really mind that he said all that to the Bears because, like, I mean, you're 5-1 and one, or you were going to be 5-1 and one at that point, 4-1, and one, whatever, that um, it didn't really matter. But I get, I get what you're saying because, like, it could definitely have ended up biting him in the ass later. Um, as for this game, I don't know. Something about Green Bay just – I, I I don't know what it is, but I don't really – I think that they're a little overrated because I don't even know if we're going to make the playoffs. But I kind of think that Green Bay's – I don't know. Something about them just kind of screams overrated. Not overrated, but something's missing on this offense, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a good tight end. Obviously, when they get David Bakhtiari back, they're going to look a lot better. Um, and obviously, they won this game, and they've been handling all their business as they should. So that's – that's obviously good, but yeah, I don't know. Justin Fields has not looked great so far. There's not really a whole lot that I can say about him that's good. And um, obviously the Bears are missing a lot of their running backs too. Khalil Herbert is kind of their fourth string because there's still Tariq Cohen on that team. And then obviously uh, Damian Williams and Dave Montgomery weren't there. So the Bears are a little depleted in the running game, but the offensive line is still terrible. And Justin Fields – it uh, hasn't looked great, but yeah, main thing for me is just I, I need to see more from Green Bay before I think they're definitely not better than last year. Last year, last year's Green Bay team, and I'd even argue the first year of Matt Lafleur, they those teams look better than this Packers team does right now, even though they won. Yeah, so our next game is Bengals Lions, and I think I think this was a great game for the Bengals. I think going into this, they could have some people would have thought this could have been a trap game for them as. Uh, I think – did one of you guys have the Bengals on upset? Yeah, I had the Lions upset in the Bengals because I I, mean, I thought the Lions always played teams – or they did t- play teams close up until this one where they lost by 23. Uh, it's confusing why they didn't play the Bengals close, but they played a lot of other teams close. Uh, the Lions looked like an 0-6 team this game, and uh, to me they still d- aren't an 0-6 team, but – I mean, if you're losing, if you're giving up 34 points to the Bengals, then something's wrong, and only putting up 11 points. Also, it's weird to note that two teams put up 11 points this week, which I haven't seen in a while. Uh, it's not a very common number to put up, so that's kind of fun to see. But yeah, I don't know. This this Bengals offense looked electric. Joe Burrow's doing his thing. Everyone's just doing their thing. Jamar Chase three three yards short of 100 yards. Uh, there's not much to say about this game, except the <laughs> Bengals just had the Lions number. Yeah, the Bengals just had the Lions number this whole game. The Lions really couldn't do much. Uh, they didn't pick things up. I don't, I don't know what it was about the Bengals that made them lose, like, by the largest margin this year. But this isn't good signs for the Lions. It, it, it probably is better signs for the Bengals, though, because th- they won 34-11. to 11. Again, again, it's, it's the only 0-6 team, but... I don't think I think the Texans should be 0 six. They I think they got lucky against me in week one, but this Bengals offense is just it looks really dominant, and I feel like this is a good sign that like 
they can be contending against any team if Joe Burrow stays healthy, Joe Mixon stays healthy. It's a lot of health concerns on that offense. But if, if all of them are healthy, and this is going to re- look like a really good top team, I, I wouldn't say they're uh, – I obviously wouldn't say they're, like, up there yet because they're 4-2, which is, like, it's a, it's a good record. But there's still a lot to prove on this Bengals team. And so, I, yeah, this Bengals team, they contended with the Packers, who are the best in the division. But like Jared was saying, this Packers team doesn't look like the best Packers team with under Matt LaFleur. So it's hard to judge whether the Bengals are contenders or pretenders at this point. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I sadly, I I bet on the lines this week in a parlay. I had them upsetting the Bengals as well. It didn't work out that way. So that's my number two rule in betting now. Never bet on the Lions. It's <laughs> number one. Uh, never bet on the Cowboys, but that's that's just a joke. Number one joke. We don't. That's like we try to follow it, but we always end up betting on the Cowboys somehow. Gotcha. But number two rule: stay strong. Never bet on the Lions. Their shit. <laughs> and that's why I'm so happy my boy Stafford is out. Yeah. It's nice to see him finally have a good team with some supporting good cast. Good old line. Decent running game. Not decent running game. Amazing running game. Good coach. Good coach. A creative coach, which I feel like Matt Stafford is really underrated in that. He, he And he can make a lot of un, underrated throws. Over, He's not overrated at all. He can definitely make all the throws in the game. Competitive guy. Nice to see him get on a good team. Good, good shot at winning the ship. Yeah, um, I thought it was really interesting after the game that Dan Campbell was kind of calling out Jared Goff, which I've been doing for years. So it was good to see him on my side. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought like this guy is such a player's coach, and everyone was kind of rooting for him because after last game when they lost against the Vikings on a heartbreaker, they he started crying in the press conference, which, like, everyone was kind of on his side for that, and then he kind of just calls out his quarterback and no one really bats an eye. And I'm not saying he's wrong, but I just thought that that was kind of interesting and weird to see. I didn't think that I'd see that out of Dan Campbell. I still really like him as a head coach. I think he'll definitely be the head coach there next year. I really like like what he's doing in Detroit, even though they're 0-6 and currently have the number one pick right now. But, um, yeah, I like – I like what Dan Campbell's doing, as I said. And as for Cincinnati, I mean, they may make the playoffs. They they really may make the playoffs. It, like James like James said, I agree 100%. It's very hard to tell whether they're a contender or a pretender because I just feel like it's just been such a weird season. Comeback win against the Jags. You blow out the Lions. You have a real, like, gritty win against the Vikings. Um, you have a, a game where they almost beat Green Bay. Uh, a game where they look really good on the road against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, and then they lose on the road against Chicago. So, like, there's a chance that this team could be have an even better record. And Joe Burrow has looked amazing. Jamar Chase has probably been the most pleasant surprise of the season, uh, other than maybe, like, Debo Samuel playing really well. I think that it's Jamar Chase because everyone was kind of expecting him to – be bad after the like off, like once the police preseason and training camp is going on he has been absolutely incredible he is jamar chase is currently uh fourth in receiving yards and he is tied 
in me. So that is definitely not something that I would have thought that I'd see, but here we are. Yeah, definitely. Jared Goofy needs to step up for the Lions. Um, <laughs> um, I did, Coach kind of threw him under the bus, but Jared Goofy has been fucking up for the Rams and the Lions over the past, what is it, five years? I mean, he was, like, decent when they were in the Super Bowl, but, like, that's the thing. He was just decent. And then, like, right after the Super Bowl, he was just absolutely terrible. He's just never had, like, a good – like, I've never, like, seen the Rams or the Lions play, and I'm like, damn, Jared Goofy played well. Yeah. Yeah, going into our next game, the University of Oklahoma-Heisman rematch, Kyler Murray versus Baker Mayfield, I think – Kyler, going into this, everyone thought Kyler was at the disadvantage. You know, he didn't have his QB coach. He didn't have his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And on the other side, Baker didn't have Nick Chubb. It was Kareem Hunt uh, starting uh, at running back for them over there in Cleveland. And it was really just Arizona all day long. I mean, Kyler Murray proved how he, once again, is a finalist for MVP this year, I think. He really showed out again, I think. With the wide receiver core that they have, it really is insane how versatile they are, where he can just throw it to anyone and they can just go off for like 15 yards to end for a touchdown. And I think that defense is also really underrated. I think one player I always – I'm really rooting for on that Cardinals defense is Byron Murphy. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And That's a hot take. Byron Murphy is one of the uh, uh, best cornerbacks in the league right now. I think James James Boy Isaiah Simmons had a solid game too. Five tackles, one assist. He had a tackle for loss too, which is fun. That's always great. And then on Baker's side, I mean, it really look is it a hot take to say Baker's holding his team back. I mean, it looks like they don't. It it really looks like it. What do you guys think? I don't think it's a hot take at all. I think that Baker Mayfield is overrated. I think I'd still probably give him a second contract if I were the Browns just because there's a lot worse out there that you can get, and he's not, like, terrible. I don't know. He just kind of screams average to me. I think that he's good. I think that he's had to deal with not the best receiving cores in the past. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the number one receiver there. However, he's not utilizing Odell Beckham, which I think is very weird, but um, – yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that that's a hot take at all. I think that the Browns are definitely going to be there in the playoffs. They'll definitely, you know, they can even win a game or two. But I don't think that this is a team to make the Super Bowl at all. I think that they're still at least one year away, and they may not even have the right quarterback. Again, he's not bad. He really is not bad. There is a lot worse out there right now. But I don't think that he will win a Super Bowl in his career. I don't think that he's that kind of quarterback, even with this great team around him. Um, as for the game itself, I mean, I think it's really impressive that the Cardinals are 6-0 and and DeAndre Hopkins has just not been getting targeted nearly as much as he usually does. Um, Kyler Murray has just been ridiculously good this year. I said in the offseason that I thought that Kyler was going to be MVP, and I thought it was like a little bit of a long shot, but it's kind of working. It, it's, it's getting there right now. I mean, I, I – if I'm picking right now, it's probably him or Brady. So, um, and yeah. the fact that he just hasn't given the ball to Hopkins as much, and like Edmonds and Connor are really getting the work, and 
uh, Christian Kirk and guys like um, fuck what's, oh, and guys like Rondell Moore uh, are are playing really well for the Cardinals team. Everything's clicking on offense now. Like I was saying about the Bucks and the Packers about having bad games, like they're gonna have one eventually. They're not gonna go seventeen and zero. Like they're not perfect, and no one is. But they look really good. That was a road win against a, a really good team in a really tough environment that was coming off a really tough loss that really wanted to get a win back on their schedule. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury not being there was just that Kyler is so good or that Cliff Kingsbury really doesn't mean much. I, I don't really know the answer to that question. But, uh, yeah, I really like the direction the Cardinals are going for. I think that the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Rams, and I'd still probably say Buffalo – um, or and the Ravens, I think that you, you got to put those in your top five in some some sort of order. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like to see that Kareem Hunt went down with a calf injury and is going to be placed on IR. That hit, hit killed the Browns, especially because they had Nick Chubb out this game. But the Browns are a mess with injuries. I, I feel like Mayfield is sending them back, but also just the amount of injuries. Obviously, for any team, that amount of injuries. That many amount of injuries is ridiculous. Uh, it's tough. I don't know. I, I don't know how the Browns are going to come back from that. Hopefully Nick Chubb's healthy and can produce next game with Kareem Hunt out for at least three weeks. But this Cardinals team has looked really good. The, uh, again, not much to say. It's just the Cardinals played very good football. Callum Murray, four touchdowns. All around, everyone had a great game. Uh, it's yeah. It, it's more concerning about the Browns and how their leading receiver was Donovan Peoples-Jones, who, for some reason, has been. I've heard a lot of his name in Browns games and not much of OBJ. Even though I think was Jarvis Landry. I don't think Jarvis Landry was playing. Nah, no, he, he injured. Yeah, and so o- I, OBJ had like a decent game. He had five for seventy-nine. Yeah, he had eight targets, which like Baker Mayfield trying to get him the ball, but. Right. I mean, it's not really producing much. So they're also think, down. They're also down the whole game. Like in a normal game, OBJ probably wouldn't even have had that many targets. Yeah, and I think uh, that saving grace for Donovan Peoples Jones was that hail hail Mary. I almost said hail Murray because they're playing the Cardinals, but the hail Mary at halftime. Like, I think that was his saving grace for why he had such a great game. Obviously, besides that, he still he didn't he still had a decent game, but this Cardinals team looks really good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is producing in the red zone, at least. Yeah, he's not – like Jared was saying, he's not getting as many, many targets as he should. He only got four this game. He got out-targeted by Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, who combined are still not as good as DeHop, not even close. But, I mean, DeHop is always on the cornerback one, who is probably Denzel Ward, who is who can probably keep up with him. But, yeah, I don't know. This Cardinals team just looks – they just look elite. And I think – this game would have been closer if the Browns didn't have so many injuries like uh, like Nick Chubb being out. But the Cardinals took advantage of that. They they did. Yeah, definitely. The Browns' success or not success, like whatever success they've had, definitely built off that solid run game because then they're able to do some play-action plays and play-action scheme out of the solid run game, which they were definitely missing um, with the injury to Nick Chubb and now Kareem Hunt. So I don't see them improving in the near future, especially with all the injuries they've had. But, yeah, it's just saddening for the Browns fans out there. So I think our next game, it could be potential game of the week here. Cowboys-Patriots. Now, 
I, I missed the ending of this game, unfortunately. But James, uh, or James or Jared, why don't you guys talk? Tell me about it. Uh, the one big thing I want to say is Trayvon Diggs continuing his interception a game. Like, just, I don't know. I don't know why they're throwing his way. Obviously, he gave he gave he did the, he got the pick six, and then right after that was a huge touchdown. So again, safety's probably the safety on the Cowboys is probably a good person to blame for that. But besides that, I mean, this Cowboys offense, man, I it's, they're looking really good. But also the fact that the Cowboys are also down to the Patriots was a bit concerning, but it may have just been a rough start to the game because Patriots' defense isn't the worst. But yeah, Dak threw for 445 yards, which is fucking ridiculous. I think uh, six weeks in, he's got the comeback player of the year locked up. Like, he's just – he's ridiculous. And this Cowboys offense definitely provides the support he needs. I mean, especially with C.D. Lamb. That one – this game with 11 targets. He only dropped two passes – or not dropped, but like – only two passes that came his way didn't result in a catch. And that one to end it in OT when he waved when he waved it, I think Jalen Mills it was. Yeah. I mean that, that was that was a cold moment right there. That was awesome. I love that. But I, I this Patriots team also did keep keep up with them. Although Mac Jones didn't have the best stat line. Damian Harris rushed for over hundred yards, which is I don't think he ha- I think that's the first time this year. So uh, we also got to see a good amount of Ramondre Stevenson, which I thought he was going to be re- – he was the preseason MVP, apparently. He had, like, five touchdowns in the preseason. Obviously, that success is not translated to the regular season because now they have Damian Harris and a bunch of other guys in the backfield. So, I mean, this Patriots team isn't the worst. Obviously, two and four is not the best start. And uh, Bill Belichick, obviously, is not happy. I mean, who would be with a two and four record? Yeah, I, I think that – the Cowboys are still contenders in this league, even if with a close game against the Patriots. I think this this Dallas offense steps up what it needs to, and its defense, because that pick six by Trayvon Diggs was very crucial. Uh, yeah, this this Cowboys offense, man. Zeke Elliott with 69 rushing yards, which is nice. And three people had 50 or more receiving yards this game, and one of them was Zeke on nine targets, which I didn't even see while watching this game. <laughs> But I guess they Dak dumped it down a good amount. But yeah, Trayvon Diggs continuing his interception streak. I, I I I think last week I was saying I want to see how long he keeps it up for. And again, this week I'm saying I want to see how long he keeps it up for. Because right at the end of the game, you you thought, oh, Trayvon, no no one was probably thinking Trayvon Diggs's streak is broken because this was a close game, so it wasn't anyone mine. But I'll, while Dallas was on defense, I was thinking the whole time, oh, is this the the game Trayvon Diggs? Doesn't get a pick, and boom! Right when I thought of that, pick six by Trayvon Diggs. Defense does look really good, though. Besides the whole giving up the yards thing by Trayvon Diggs, he—he's—I still think he is a good cornerback. He just needs to limit the yardage, and then he will become—he'll become close to elite. I don't know if he's there yet, but. Yep, this Cowboys game was definitely really interesting. They were the last last hit on my parlay. I needed them minus three. Hit luckily, um. So really entertaining game. Electric Cowboys offense. Trayvon Diggs, he's a pick machine, but kind of kind of let through let through that almost let through the game at the almost let it let the game go through his hands. Um. 
overall fun game. Nice to see Belichick kind of grooming Mac Jones into the quarterback for his future. I'm hot take. We're going to see probably another solid chunk of years from with the for the Patriots to have a good quarterback. Definitely think Mac Jones has what it takes and Belichick behind him. I think we're going to see another like eight to ten years solid solid quarterback up in New England. I don't think that they're going to be able to put up as many points. Their defense is still really good, though. Their running game is good. Mac Jones, look, I, I mean, he's not – I don't think that he's the best, but I definitely think that he's consistent. I just think that – I think he's also going to kind of start to have a career maybe kind of sort of like Baker Mayfield where he's just average. And, I mean, that's kind of all you can ask for when you don't draft a guy in the top five, which Baker, I don't know if the Browns are really, you know – Loved what they have gotten out of the number one pick, but um, not to get sidetracked and, and talk about the Browns again. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there's still a lot to be left desired to Mac Jones, and I, I feel like he's fine. It's just that there needs to also be a lot more weapons on this team. This team just isn't built to win offensive games, like I was saying. Uh, as for Dallas, it's really nice to just see Zeke look really good again. He hasn't, you know, the first uh, year of his career was great, the second year of his career was great. After that, he kind of tailed off a little bit and he's having a real resurgence this year and it's really nice to see everything on this Cowboys offense is just so good and it's really fun to watch this team play Amari Cooper CD Lamb is one of the best wide receiver duos in the league and it's really fun to watch I really like where Dallas is headed I love Dak and I think that this team is really good uh, as for Trayvon Diggs I mean all of you guys talked about it Look, I was saying he's a little overrated, and I don't think he's, like, the best corner in the league or anything. He probably isn't even top five corner in the league, in my opinion. But, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. This guy has seven interceptions in the first six games. That's a ridiculous stat. And I think that he's – I mean, he's got to – as long as he doesn't get injured, which I hope he doesn't, he's got to end up with double digits. And double digit picks in a season is very, very hard to get, and he's going to – He's easily on pace to get it. So I think that that's really uh, awesome, which is re- – it's really been nice to see. Oh, also with the Patriots, uh, the Patriots are a team that just plays really up or really down to their competition. I mean, in the first uh, in the first week – or really the first two weeks, they put the Dolphins and the Jets. And, I mean, they lost against the Dolphins, which is a team that, as you can see right now, they are better than and probably should have beat the – the Jets, which they didn't even win that convincingly over the Jets. They didn't look – I mean, Zach Wilson looked terrible. But other than that, like, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have looked even better. They got smoked against the Saints, but they played the, the Bucks really well. And then they barely beat Houston last week. So, I mean, next week they play the Jets. It's at home. I'm not saying that they're going to lose that game, but I think that you can definitely see the Jets hang in there because the Pats just are, play weird games and play really up to their competition, but really down to their bad competition too. Yeah, so our next game, I have to give major props to the Raiders here, Raiders and Broncos. I think after the controversial outcome of what of firing John Gruden, I think they came out and they beat a great team. Or uh, not, I wouldn't say great, I would say solid. Solid would probably be better. Solid team in the Broncos. And they're now in four too. They got they kinda got that momentum back. And I think this was a great game for Derek Carr. I think it really is interesting to see how this Broncos offense is starting to click again and how they're starting to get Cortland Sutton involved. 
Noah Fant was a major presence in this game as well. I think that uh, rushing game is still a mystery as we still don't know who the clear running back one is with Javante and Melvin Gordon both having like 11 and 10 carries each. So it really is still a mystery who they trust more. But I really think this team starts and ends with Teddy Bridgewater. And it, if he has a great game, this this team has a really great chance of winning. But if he has a really sloppy game, he they could lose out of their grasp. And looking at this game here, he had three picks. So looking at this game here with his three picks, I think it wasn't one of his best games. And I think leaning forward, I think they should be more confident, maybe focusing on the rush running game if he starts getting a little sloppy. Yeah, I think Denver is going to be a team that's going to be looking in the draft for a quarterback next year. I thought that they should have drafted Justin Fields at nine, even after they traded. Patrick Sertan has actually been pretty good so far. I, I like what I've seen from him. The Broncos have a really good secondary and have a pretty good defense overall, even though the Raiders hung 34 on him. But I think that the Broncos are just – I mean, Teddy Bridgewater – never should be your answer for franchise quarterback. I don't even think he's that bad. I just kind of think he's a bridge guy, which is exactly what he's doing for the Broncos right now. And the fact that he beat Drew Locke in the job kind of shows me that the Broncos are just um, – that Drew Locke isn't really the answer that either. So I feel like Denver is going to be a team that's going to be looking in the draft for quarterbacks. And uh, we'll see where they end up drafting. But, yeah, I thought that they should have taken fields at nine, even with Locke on the roster and tra just trading for Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that Denver should have done that and drafted fields, even though fields hasn't even looked that great so far. But So maybe they did make the right decision. But, yeah, I think that Denver is kind of dead in the water right now. They had three really solid performances against the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars and then after that when they're starting to play real teams you can see that they're not they're not fit to make the playoffs I don't think they lost against Pittsburgh the Raiders and then uh, the Ravens and they you know lost by double digits in all of those games so or I believe the Pittsburgh one was double digits yeah they lost to Pittsburgh by eight but like still Pittsburgh isn't very good either so I don't know I'm not really too much on the Broncos as for the Raiders it was cool to see them win without a head coach so clearly um, they're still fighting for the playoffs this season, and that's going to be cool to watch for the Raiders because I really like Derek Carr, and I like what's going on on that team, especially with the defense too. Yeah, I'm actually worried about both these teams playoff-wise. Yeah, but like Jared was saying, like this Broncos secondary looks promising, especially with the Pat Sertan pick, which I like. Uh, I, I think he was fit to like go top ten. But, like, yeah, three picks by Teddy Bridgewater is not very not very exciting to see. It's not convincing me that they want Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. And they obviously don't want Drew Lockett quarterback because who would? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This – we'll see how this Raiders team does without a head coach. Right now they look deep. They look fine. I don't think they're going to go very far without a head coach. But I also like to note that the involvement of Henry Ruggs, I, I like because I think they have to utilize Henry Ruggs more because he is a speedster and I, I just it doesn't seem like he's getting open a lot. But when he does, it's always big plays. So it's it's always good to see that. 
But yeah, the Broncos. I the only promising stuff is that uh, Noah Fant, Corlin Sutton, they both good games, and it, it just seems like Teddy Bridgewater only is targeting them. And yeah, like Fuka was saying, the the controversy in the backfield. I think Javante Williams is going to slowly overtake Melvin Gordon, as I think a lot of people are. But Melvin Gordon's given a reason to stay. I mean, he really didn't have he really wasn't that bad of or didn't have that bad of a game. He only had three less yards than Javante and on one less carry. So like they're both putting up even numbers. So it's kind of hard to tell who is the better back right now. I think people are more just high on Javante Williams because he was drafted and he just looks to be really good. So we'll see what happens. Melvin Gordon, I think, is still a good running back, but I think it's only a matter of time before Javante Williams comes the RB one there. But again, we'll see. I think that Javante has a lot of talent, but it's going to be hard to overtake Melvin Gordon if they're both putting up like nearly identical stats, especially against this game. And yeah, Javante Williams is going to slowly overtake him. Also, I, I remember the Ra- the Raiders defense was actually pretty good first three games, and I think they've they've fallen apart. They're allowing twenty four points to the Broncos, who I mean, yes, we're three and two coming into this, and now we're three and three, but like. I feel like against that offense, you got to at least hold them to like under 20 points if you want to have a notably good defense, but they just did not do that. Yeah, definitely that running back tandem in the in the Broncos' backfield. Um, I think they need to use that a little bit more to their advantage. I feel like they could, they could kind of mimic what the Browns are doing with Chubb and Kareem Hunt because um, they have two good running backs and Decent O-line, but I definitely think they need to use that a little bit. But the Raiders looked good. Um, they're 4-2, and two, but I definitely think they are. Their record makes them look better than they actually are. Yeah, so next are Sunday Night Football game. Honestly, this one caught me off guard. I didn't know if this one's going to be a really great game. And near the end, it was actually pretty good. I mean, Geno Smith, He, I'm not saying he's – like a great quarterback, but he's been solid so far, nonetheless. And he's really tried to pick up where Russell Wilson left off, given given all the stuff, all the tools that the Seattle, Seattle offense even. Alex Collins has really stepped up in Chris Carson's uh, empty spot. And him, him having 101 yards on 20 carries was insane. But I think one hole that this team now – uh, has is they need to start getting uh, their uh, star receivers more targets. I mean, DK led the team in targets with 58 yards, but I mean you have Tyler Lockett on that team, and you have some other you have some other great pieces. And I really feel like if they had gotten Tyler Lockett involved early on, I think they could have easily won won this game over the Steelers. I mean, Steelers. They this team really just runs through Najee. I mean, not if like if you think Big Ben is a, the a, like a focal point on this offense, you're delusional. I mean, Najee he gets every dump off and he gets every he gets like every change of pace like down. And I really feel like Big Ben's time is running out, and he's just having games like this that just keep him going a little bit more and more and keep his legacy uh, continuing. Yeah, one thing I'd like to note from this game is that, again, Deontay Johnson, 13 targets. Like, Big Ben only throws to him. But, I mean, yeah. Pat Fryer moved that seven targets too, which is 
as Penn Staters, I mean, we like to see that. But I looking watching this game, I think I don't think Big Ben just targets Deontay to target him. I mean, sometimes on the a lot of the deep balls, he would just throw it to Deontay, hoping he'd catch it when he was clearly contested and no chance of catching it. But like a lot of the times, Deontay just got open. Like he just he is just knows how to get open. He's a good route runner. Like I think it's just more of Deontay's skill that's getting him a lot of the looks. But I think it's also more of Big Ben just think like hoping Deontay will get open and sometimes just throwing to him, hoping he'll catch it, especially on the deep balls. I don't think it's the right move. Like, it's, it'll be like, I feel like it'd be like second and one, and he'd throw like a thirty-yard bomb to Deontay for no reason when you have Najee and get the easy first. So it's kind of annoying, but I think he gets a bulk of the targets just because he gets open and he makes the defenders look silly sometimes. So. But I still think Big Ben's going to target him no matter what. And Najee. Like, clearly, those are the only two people Big Ben looks at. Uh, this was just an odd game for Pat Fryermuth with seven receptions. I guess the Seahawks just didn't take into account tight ends in their game plan because they just completely blocked him out. A lot of the, the Fryermuth plays were just dump-offs, which seven for 58, I mean, it doesn't really sound like a dump-off type of game, but who knows. And... For Seattle, Alex Collins, 101 rushing yards against the Steelers' defense. He's cementing himself as a good back in Seattle, and I feel like once Chris Carson comes back, they're probably going to do more of a committee because Alex Collins is proving that he should be the lead back. So, I, again, I think they're going to do what the Broncos are doing, the Browns are doing. I think they're going to try, try to work their way into, like, a mixed role there, but neither one of them are excel in pass catching. So it's going to be kind of difficult there. So we'll see how that works. But, yeah, the Steelers' defense, that, the game was tied at, like, 17-17. to 17. It was a little boring because it was just back and forth punts. But, I mean, Steelers' defense showed up in the end. T.J. Watt with the fumble at the end. Like, T.J. Watt is the saving grace of this team, and he definitely carries most of the defensive workload like Najee does on the offense. And with Geno Smith – I don't think he's the answer to Russell Wilson. We were talking about Cam- how Cam Newton's still out there. I think the Seattle Seahawks are one of the teams that were actually interested in Cam Newton. So they might actually bring him aboard while Russell Wilson's gone. It's only Max time. Because I know Cam Newton publicly stated that the Seahawks were interested in him. So, yeah, the Seahawks may bring him in. Who knows? Uh, I don't think it's going to change much because Cam Newton's not as great as he was. I don't think he ever will be. Because that 2015 campaign he had was – I. Uh, you can't beat that. He he can't beat those numbers personally. So I think he's still an upgrade to Geno Smith. But I, I don't know. I think it's tough to judge the Seahawks because I don't know what they're going to do with Russell Wilson now. Because Jared, Jared was saying that the Seahawks are going to realize how valuable Russell Wilson was to this team. And losing to the Steelers – I mean, the Steelers weren't a great team coming into this, but I think with Russ there, that three-point loss would be like a, at least a seven-point-one for the Seahawks if Russell Wilson was there. So, yeah, it was just basically going off what Jared was saying there, and I think it showed this game. The Steelers have a great defense, but if the Seahawks are putting up 20 points against the Steelers' defense with Geno Smith at quarterback, uh, just imagine what they would have done with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, Russell Wilson is – the most one of the more valuable quarterbacks in the last decade. I th- I just think that he's so good. 
And um, yeah, I mean, Geno Smith is not the answer. I mean, if anything, I, I think that Russell Wilson's actually going to kind of try and rush his injury back and he may actually be back in two or so weeks. A lot of people were very quick to write off Seattle, me included, but apparently he's been training really well and everything's been going really well after surgery. So he's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, and as for the Steelers, I mean, again, like you were saying, like, or like James was saying, this offense runs through Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Big Ben still doesn't really have it. This is against one of the worst defenses in the league, and they still, like, didn't look all that great. They didn't look awful, but they didn't look all that great. Uh, they needed overtime at home to beat Geno Smith. I think that – I feel like that's a problem. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, there were plenty of times where I feel like the Seattle or the Steelers could have just easily – taking this game away and they just didn't and this they kind of let the Seahawks come back um I will say that TJ Watt is an absolute monster him Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett are the top three defensive players in the league and yeah I just think that TJ Watt is great the Seahawks defense is still really good they got to Geno Smith very easily everything on the Seahawks team is terrible besides the wide receivers and they're not going to win games with just DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at least until Russell Wilson comes back. Oh, and Bobby Wagner is also great. All right. One thing I wanted to bring up was Mr. Blitzboy over there on the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Jamal Adams. I don't know if y'all saw that, but he literally took a a ball to the face and just decided not to catch it. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's really overrated. I mean... If you are a top safety or if you claim to be a top safety in the league, you got to make that pick. That would have been a game-changing pick at that moment, and he just ran into the formation, essentially. And that's just unacceptable from, from Jamal Adams, especially when the Seattle Seahawks expect, expect him to play that role of being a leader of their defense. Then I definitely think the Steelers need to look Outside of Ben Roethlisberger in the upcoming seasons, because he's he's throwing the ball, but he's also not throwing the ball. He's not making any powerful throws down the field, and he just looks old, old out there. We're not the biggest big Big Ben fans here. I used no, to be, honestly. I used to be a big 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 Ben type of guy. And I used to like him pretty much. Yeah, I, but now he's just. He's just stretching it, and he should have retired. Yeah, he's a shell of his uh, former self, and he just really wants to stretch out this his his last season. So we uh, finally our last game Monday Night Football. It was a great it was a great game. Bills Titans. I mean, it went down to the wire. I mean, King Henry. What can I say? Three touchdowns, one forty three yards. Yeah. So I think a lot of people. I th- probably everyone expected the Bills to win this game. Uh, maybe by a large margin, maybe not. But this Titans team came to play. They really did. It's it's confusing because sometimes the Titans just don't know what the fuck they're doing out there. And But this game, they looked relevant. And they did what the Chiefs couldn't do, and that's beat one of the top teams. But like, Tennessee at home just, like, silenced that. They're just like, you know what? Derrick Henry. Like, that offense – Derrick Henry was the offense there. I know Julio Jones went down with a hamstring injury. I don't know anything else about that. But, yeah, Derrick Henry just went off. A lot of people – 
thought Derek this would be Derek Henry's like one of his down games, less than 100 yards. Like the, to the point, the fact that 100 yards is like a staple for Derek Henry is kind of insane in itself. And the fact that he went past 100 yards against one of the best defenses in the league is insane. Like he's just not human. Uh, and his 76 yard run, I think, was the fastest. Uh, fastest run, I think, this whole year, which doesn't seem human for someone who's six three. Like there's 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 faster people in the league. Yeah, to Derek Henry doesn't matter. He'll beat them all. Like he doesn't really care. Like the without Derek Henry, the Titans would not have been close in this game. Derek Henry was the focal point. He was the offense. Seven point two yards per carry on only twenty carries. This game was close. I think there was like seven lead changes the whole game. But yeah, this game was it was very fun. I was watching the whole thing. Like it it's not even like Josh Allen had a bad game. 353 yards for three touchdowns. He was spreading the ball around a lot too to Emmanuel, Stefan, Cole Beasley. Like the Bills had a good game themselves. It's just Derrick Henry and the Titans came to play. And I think it I I don't know what to judge from this game because I think the Bills are still a top team. It's more of just how to judge the Titans because they'll give – like, they're a very confusing team. They beat one of the top teams, and then, like, they'll lose to a very, like, bad team. Like, it's it's tough to tell with this team. Like, they lost to the Jets. Again, I know they were injured, but then they beat the Bills. Like, it's so confusing. Like, I don't know what to think of the Titans team. Uh, even Derrick Henry – you just need to get Derrick Henry going. On the goal line, no one's stopping Derrick Henry. And even in the open field, no one's stopping Derrick Henry. Like, it's just – if you get Derrick Henry in the open field, if you get him going, there's no way of stopping him. And I think, yeah, this Titans team runs through Derrick Henry, even with the weapons they have, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Like, it doesn't matter. Derrick Henry's the offense. I think it's going to stay that way, especially after this game. Again, with Derrick Henry rushing for almost 150, almost 150 against one of the best rushing defenses in the league. This was, this was a fun game to watch, and I think it's a nice statement win for Tennessee. I think the Titans – Won this fair and square. I don't think there's any, like, bullshit, except for, like, maybe the last third and six when Josh Allen tried to run and rush for the um the first down. I, It's tough to tell if he got that first, but the QB sneak on fourth and one, I clearly think Josh Allen didn't get that. So I don't think there's any controversy there. So I think Tennessee got the clear – I think they won fair and square this game. Yeah, I, I, have, a, I have a little bit of a hot take. I think Derrick Henry may end up going down as the best running back of all time. I know that that's a that's a real hot take, but this guy's stats over the last four, three, four years, literally you've never seen anything like it. This guy is so good, and everyone knows that they're running the ball too, and there's no way to stop it. He is so good. He's so fast for his size. And like knock on wood, but I feel like there's no end in sight. Like I feel like this guy is just gonna keep dominating, keep dominating, because there's literally no way to stop him. He's so he's so big. The offensive line for the Titans is good. Obviously, the offense clearly runs through him. This guy in playoff games, in late game situations, in the regular season against really good teams at the Bills, this guy is ridiculous. And even when it seems like it's a game where it's not gonna be a good game for Derrick Henry, like in this game against uh in this game against Buffalo, like he just absolutely dominates everyone. I legit think that he is going to go down as a top five running back in the league and or ever. And I think that there's a, if I'm you know given a real hot take, I think that he really may end up as the best of all time. Uh, 
as for the Bills, I think that the um, I think the Bills are fine. I, I don't really think that this this doesn't really bother me a whole lot. It was really nice to see Josh Allen really spread the ball to Diggs more, which I really like. Diggs, Sanders, and Cole Beasley, I feel like all had really good games and all got pretty got targeted pretty heavily. The addition of Manuel Sanders to that offense has been really good. Um, I don't really. I feel like the Bills are a full go. I feel like they're just fine. This is just a game that they ended up losing. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about that fourth and one call, whether they should have kicked the field goal to tie up the game or whether they should have um, went for it. If I'm Sean McDermott, I'm going for it every time. I think that it just shows faith in your offense, which is always good. There, We've seen way too many misses by kickers this year, even though Tyler Bass is a good kicker. We've seen way too many misses from kickers this year that have resulted in ended up or losses for teams, obviously. Um and I mean, how many times does Josh Allen not convert on a when he needs one yard? Like it, it happens almost every time. He just, you know, the Titans play, had a really good play and, and knew it. Josh Allen also slipped on the play too. So if he doesn't slip, do the do the Bills actually convert? Um, I'm going for that every time in that situation. If I'm if I'm the coach of the Bills, if I'm a coach for a different team, maybe not. But I'm going for that any time if I'm Buffalo, and I support it again like i said i think the bills are fine i still think that they need to target digs a little more um but yeah like i'm i'm another reason why i'm going for that is because if you end up tying it and you go into overtime and the titans get the ball first i mean you're literally done that is literally it's because the titans uh the bills derrick henry gets better as the game goes on and the bills just couldn't stop derrick henry from the beginning so what makes you think that they're going to be able to stop him in overtime so i think that you know you you play to win and they did that and obviously it didn't work out but again I'm doing that every time because you don't want to risk the Titans getting the ball in overtime and then you never get to see the field again. Derrick Henry's definitely the best running back in the league right now. I'm gonna have to go with Titans just need to abuse the fuck out of him. Yeah, I mean it, it really it really is like uh, Derrick Henry is like the focal point of that offense and. I guess, like, if, maybe if you want to say, like, this is the bias because uh, I'm a Falcons fan, but <coughs> you can really see a difference between that last year's offense and this year's offense, where Ryan Tannehill was just so much better in that offense last year. I mean, maybe maybe it's because A.J. Brown's been a little hobbled all season long, but, I mean... Ryan Tannehill has not been the best QB lately. That he can be. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to our uh, to our episode, latest episode of the Route Runners podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be on the lookout for our next episode, which will be on Wednesday, but it'll probably be out on Thursday. And make sure you follow the Route Runners pod on Instagram. We'll we're gonna put put a lot more content out this week and a lot more polls, so make sure you check the stories and everything.